0: This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, off the top in
1: this hour, I mean, here's, here's an interesting question. If you and your wife or you and your husband you know, wanted to have a baby, weren't able to do so, and you wanted to hire a surrogate mother, should you be able to, to pay that person? in order to maybe find the right person. What if you as an individual wanted to donate your sperm or your eggs? Should you be compensated for that? Should you be allowed to be compensated for that? If you wanted to make, you know, a few dollars on the side. Because as it stands right now, the law we've had in place since 2004, you can't. Uh, In fact, and the penalties uh, for violating that are pretty severe. So should the law change? what have we accomplished by by imposing this ban? Now, the weird thing is that uh, surrogates or, or donors can be reimbursed for expenses. Once you pay them a fee, you're now in some serious legal hot water, but it's not entirely clear where that line is. What's a legitimate expense then? So maybe for that reason, we haven't really enforced these rules, and it's probably true that people are finding all kinds of different ways to get around them in particular, perhaps, by going outside of Canada. So as a result of, of all of this, the Canadian Fertility and Andrology Society has put out a new position paper saying that the ban needs to end, that has severely limited the number of donors and surrogates, and people are, are going around this in a variety of ways, that we can craft reasonable rules that allow for some compensation, not excessive, but allow for some compensation. To help address this problem. So joining us on the line to, to explain their position in a little more detail here is Dr. Jeff Roberts, who is president of the Canadian Fertility and Andrology Society. Dr. Roberts, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. All right, well, what prompted this position paper, first of all?
0: It's a time where the uh, the Act itself is um, uh, coming under a review, and this is setting of regulation under the Act. Uh, some provisions in the Act are... Uh, are being looked at again and regulations set in terms of third-party reproduction, which is use of uh, another uh, person's egg, uh, sperm, or uterus for reproduction. So this is all being done through uh, Health Canada uh, in uh, conjunction and in collaboration with uh, specialists from the field, uh, ethicists, psychologists, and various uh, specialists. So... It's an it's an area that's under review, so we feel it's time to readdress this particular aspect, which is compensation.
1: Yeah, well, I would think, if nothing else, the law as it stands would be difficult to navigate because, as is pointed out in the position paper here, reimbursement of expenses is allowed, but it's not entirely clear what expenses are permitted, or what counts as a legitimate expense, and anyone who violates the law could find themselves in a whole lot of trouble.
0: That's correct. That's correct. So... Uh, as it stands, uh, uh, direct compensation for for this service is is, is not allowed uh, the, the, there is lack of clarity around what is reimbursable so uh, there is a separate committee that is working with Health Canada to try to uh, define that a bit better so that uh, on, on the ground we are able to work with these patients to determine what is uh, reimbursed but for for access to there there needs to be some level of compensation beyond that or individuals just don't provide the service and that's primarily egg donation Uh, so for someone to go through an in vitro fertilization for uh, a complete stranger uh, which is the bulk of these cases um, there would have to be some level of compensation beyond that so that's what we're asking Gets re readdressed, and obviously that, that requires legislation. That's not something that we set within a committee. Yeah, so that's simply what we're asking. Right.
1: So, I mean, what what is the problem we're trying to address here? I mean, is is this discouraging? Mm-hmm. Do you think? I mean, relying on altruism is is that insufficient to to addressing the need in Canada?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like like, like we say, we, we, we've never met. At least I've never personally met someone that would be willing to do that for free. It's Uh, sperm donation is another thing you're you're simply just giving a a sperm sample there's nothing dangerous with that but to go through an in vitro fertilization cycle there there's risks that are involved albeit very low Um, but the the big problem is that uh, it is happening uh, but it's happening in other countries uh, primarily the United States so when when I see a a couple that um, has an egg issue meaning that her eggs aren't uh, capable of of creating a pregnancy, then then the only treatment we have is, is egg donation, and that's principally through an anonymous donor unless they're able to find a family member or a friend that's willing to give them that gift. Yeah. Uh, and that means finding an egg donor through the United States and uh, with with the exchange, uh, between the exchange and, and the cost of medical care down there, it's uh, uh, it's beyond reach for most of my patients. So it's created an access issue uh, and these treatments are occurring anyways uh, at great cost to our Canadian patients. Uh, so why make it, not make it more accessible to them through Canadian donors? Um, huh. So the question is, are the rights of the American donors uh, less than that of a Canadian one? Because these, these, these treatments are occurring. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I guess you know maybe part of the concern is that you know we don't want to give the wealthy uh, uh, an, an advantage necessarily. We don't want people being taken advantage of. Uh, so, can can we address some of these potential issues by by crafting some some reasonable rules around
0: this? Right, right. So, yeah, we, we need the input from from everyone, and in, in, including the public. But um, but certainly, um, when you're compensating a, a, a donor, you're you're using some of that. Um, it, potentially needs the money so the question is what level of compensation is appropriate and if if it's an exorbitant amount then then it is uh, somewhat coercive and, and you are potentially preying upon the uh, uh less privileged in, in society so um other countries have uh levels of compensation and uh, not surprisingly the amount of compensation will um the level of compensation relates directly with the uh, um, the supply of, of, of these uh, individuals willing to do this. So the more you pay, the, the more access the patients have. So th- there may be a level of compensation that um, the public is comfortable with. And I think that's the real question. Uh, in the United Kingdom, for instance, the level of compensation, compensation is quite low. Um, so there is still a very low supply of, of these individuals. In countries like Spain, where it's a a little bit higher, they do have a viable egg donation program within their own borders. Um, so I, I think these are also systems we have to look at to see what would be acceptable to the Canadian public. and mm-hmm. that, that would require working with, with Health Canada, of course.
1: Right. And I mean, other experts have pointed to what, what's called a gray market, where there's, there's probably money going uh, under the table in, in a lot of cases. Do you, do you think that you know, allowing this to a certain extent might, might help eliminate that?
0: Yeah, certainly. If it's um, if it becomes legal to provide, maybe we set uh, um, a certain level of compensation that's uh, legal and have a fixed amount. Uh, it would bring all of this to the surface. But um, yeah, yeah. There's also the concern of uh, of what's uh, being paid under the table, and that you know this is still occurring in Canada, but um, outside of the view of, of uh, the, the oversight. Bodies and, and the uh, regulatory bodies that set the standard of care. So it'd be nice, of course, if it was all in the open because then that can be done in a more supervised manner or in a safer manner under proper guidelines.
1: Right. And in terms of then where the compensation's coming from, because are we talking about uh, a couple or a family wanting to pay directly to a surrogate? Are we talking about clinics or even the government paying sperm and egg donors? I mean, how would, how would this work?
0: Well, ultimately, um, the, the compensation would have to come uh, through the patient. It's, uh, it's not a, uh, an insured service in, in most areas of, uh, of the country, uh, infertility in general. Um, so ultimately, if it's not insured and not covered through the, the social uh, safety net, then uh, patients do pay. Um, but in most um, uh, programs through the United States, um, the, the clinic is compensating the donors, but then the patient pays the clinic. So the the money is ultimately coming from the patient.
1: All right. Well, people can read the uh, position paper for themselves. Uh, The website is cfas.ca, and I guess we'll see what Health Canada decides to do with this. But uh, Dr. Roberts, certainly appreciate your time here today. Thank you. There you go. That is uh, Dr. Jeff Roberts, president of the Canadian Fertility and Andrology Society. Our number here is 403-974-TALK. Got a few other issues to get to here. We're back with more right after this.
0: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.